1: Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This week is Andy Kaufman. My name is Jeff, and I once saw a Poland
0: spring truck on fire. My name is Dan, and I have more flannel shirts than any other type of shirt. My name is Jimmy, and my favorite comedy is
1: Dumb and Dumber. It's a good one, Jim, but Dan, why do you have so many flannel shirts?
0: Ah... Uh, Partially by choice, ah. partially by happenstance. Happenstance? Uh, I, I just happened into a trove of flannel shirts. <laughs> that's sort of what happened. So I like flannel shirts. I bought a couple flannel shirts. Then my size changed and I bought a couple more flannel shirts, but I didn't get rid of the old flannel shirts. Now, so many people have seen me wear flannel shirts that when someone needs to get me a gift, uh, they in- yeah. inevitably give me a flannel shirt. Mm. That's so how I, I am when. With-
1: that's how I am with socks now. People are like, oh, you like funny socks? Yeah, every single so your go-to game. Yeah, every present. That was your, that was your yeah. first
2: fun fact, wasn't it?
1: Yep. Oh, yeah, I think it might have been. People are like, yeah. you, you must wear these socks no matter what they have on them. And
0: I'm like, okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how did a Poland Springs truck catch on fire without putting itself out? Exactly.
1: That's a mystery <laughs> of the universe that <laughs> we have yet to uncover. the water burning? Uh, might have been boiling, might have been steaming. <clears throat>
0: Molecules do
1: that, Dan. They're, they do
0: Dude, crazy exothermic things. Exothermic reactions are so dope. They get me so damn hot. <laughs> Literally. Wow. And Jimmy, you had a fun fact too. Yep, I sure did. <laughs> I
2: definitely had a fun fact. And um,
0: yeah, that was that. <laughs> so, guys, this is a very special episode for yes, us because it is. drum roll, please. <laughs> This is our two-year anniversary show. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's... We decided to celebrate with a very special topic that Jeff and I have been wanting to talk Jimmy into for a long time. Jeff, Mm -hmm. what are we talking Jimmy into? We are
1: talking Jimmy into Andy Kaufman, who is one of my idols. He's just a a comedic genius, an entertainer, just an all-around
0: funny, funny boy. And we're going to get more into that in the next segment, but... I just wanted to say, you know, congratulations and thank you guys. You know, I didn't I didn't know if we would get to this point. I'm not going to say I never thought because I kind of thought we would. Yeah. But I'm really happy that we did. Yeah. Not every podcast puts out one episode every single
1: week for two years um, without making money. You know, so (laughs) or without missing or screwing up a week yeah no we never have and it's fun it's a fun hobby for us we know that other people enjoy because they've reached out to us so yeah, yeah it's
0: it's cool So it's i always like to take a second to thank jimmy he puts a lot of work in behind the scenes and oh, we never would have gotten to this point without jimmy and oh. i also want to thank jeff uh for putting in extra work uh as he was going on paternity leave we worked our buns off to make we sure did. these episodes got out to everyone yeah, we
1: have not recorded in well over two months at this point. Yeah,
0: it's and uh, wild. And I think I speak for you guys when I say we got to thank the listeners. Oh yeah, absolutely. If there's one thing that keeps us going and putting in the extra work, it's it's the communication and the interaction that we have with listeners who and appreciate Dan, what we're doing. Dan, Jimmy, yeah. and I would like
1: to thank you. And oh. um, unfortunately, because the post office is a little bit behind, our present didn't get to you. But we bought you a new flannel shirt.
0: Oh yeah! Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. No, I definitely oh. wanted. I want to thank you guys too because, like, every podcast I've ever tried, it's always been hard to like schedule things. And like, you guys actually dedicating your time to this is really helpful. My life, and, Jim, uh, not just
1: my time. My entire life. right now, yeah. my baby is downstairs, parentless, <laughs> crying, <laughs> screaming on the top of her lungs. But I've closed all the doors. No, I'm kidding. My wife. Yeah. Taking how old is, is she now?
0: She's like what seven weeks, something like that. Uh,
1: six weeks, one day. Yes. Little
0: baby Jeffrina. And isn't it yep. f- isn't it interesting to know that her first words right now she's screaming where is my daddy <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just, going to have an
2: absent father because yep. he's too busy podcasting yep
0: yeah. but no this is this is truly a, a true love fest i'm so happy we got to this point we got a lot of cool stuff coming in the future and i'm, I'm so glad ideas. that this happened right after our 100th episode
1: as math would dictate because it's yeah. just it's just a talk me into love fest this last few weeks
0: yeah correct and uh we're happy that all of you are here celebrating with us and uh yeah when we come back We're gonna talk ourselves into things like we've been doing for For two two years. Two (laughs) years.
1: Two years and you're still great at transitions.
0: (laughs) At least I try. Jeff just goes, bye. Bye.
2: Every week on Talk Me Into, we have a fun segment, as Dan was saying in the last segment that uh that we do called Talking Ourselves Into. It's Just little things we've been doing for the week or the month or the year. Who knows? But or the uh the two years. Yeah, or the two years, you oh know, yeah, because we've been doing this for two years. Um, I've been talking myself into Star Wars again. Because what? yeah, oh, well, yeah, I mean. Dude yeah because of uh well we had the mandalorian Mandalorian? season two yeah i was was very hard into and um yeah it was pretty enjoyable i definitely enjoyed it a lot more than the last season um not huge on the ending as uh we've talked about a little bit in between um podcast and stuff. oh the but, ending
1: uh, made me huge i loved it
2: <laughs> oh i know um i enjoy fan service but um sometimes it feels a little shoe wind but you know it's not line. i think you mean
1: yeah yeah you know what he meant i don't i don't i think that with a franchise like this like if you're you're you, you may get new fans, you may get other things, but like this show is made for fans. Like there are so many fans that like, that's where most of your money's coming from. It's a legacy franchise at this point. So to not do fan service, like I don't like that. Like even with Dr. Who, no, give me fan service. Like that's what I want. You can right. do fan service. Yeah. That is also appealing. Like As when, when the season finale happened, uh, my mother-in-law was here. And then in the next few days, her and my wife, spoil. no, her, her and my wife watched, both seasons in mm. a row and, and mm. she enjoyed it And she's a casual fan and it didn't take away anything from her, but like, yeah, I, yeah it's great.
0: I love fan service. Frick off, Jim. I think <laughs> I thought it was fine. I think if we learned anything from our red letter media episode, it's that Jeff just wants the same ideas regurgitated back no, at him. said that. Yeah. So <laughs> we know that. where <laughs> Jeff stands on star Wars, <laughs> Jimmy, as an aside, have you been checking out any of the new, high republic stuff that star wars has been releasing from their literary branch
2: no um all i know about it is that yoda is hot now um so um that's pretty sure yeah i'm pretty sure has told us that um yeah. but um yeah that's all i know about it i know that it's it's young it's before any of this empire stuff right
0: it's uh basically the disney relaunch of knights of the old republic
2: Okay, gotcha. So
0: I just started the new novel written by Charles Soule, which I believe yeah. is called it's called The High Republic, or, or right. that's the subtitle. Oh, it's right. Star Wars Light of the Jedi, The High Republic. I'm literally like three chapters in, but it's very enjoyable so far. Charles nice. Soule has written a lot of the comics.
2: But yeah, I was just uh, getting real into Star Wars. I mean, the new season of Mandalorian was great. Um, I want to get reaffirmed with uh, Clone Wars. I'm going to start that next, I believe. And uh, yeah, I've been uh, enjoying some Star Wars stuff. I like it.
0: Dan, what are you talking yourself into? I'm talking myself into visiting more ethnic grocery stores. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah, Those are the best kind. I think we've spoken on this podcast way back in our early episodes about visiting uh, the Indian an, Market. Yes, an Indian supermarket in uh, on the Post Road in Milford, Connecticut. And uh, I do enjoy that store. They have a great selection. Sometimes they have a great they selection a little, of tea. Yeah, hot tea boys. Yeah, we we got a lot of tea there, in many many times. Um, little pricey sometimes, but overall it's worth it just for like well, one cup. Mm-hmm. So I also. Um, I've been w- craving ramen. I wanted to make ramen at home with my new mm. pressure cooker, which I talked about in our last episode. And uh, I was like, I need to find an Asian market and I wanted to find one a little closer. So I just I just went on the googs and searched for it. And uh, there happened to be an Asian grocery store in like Waterbury, where Jeff lives, one town over from me. So I went and checked it out and they had like everything I could possibly think of there. I bought a ton of good stuff. It was very affordable, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be going there more often. Especially, I, I picked up a lot of dried goods, a lot of uh, sauces, things like that. A couple things of a couple different cuts of meat that are not found as easily at a regular grocery store. But I'm definitely going to go back for some produce. Like they had. A huge bag of bean sprouts, fresh bean sprouts for like fifty cents. And Dude, like, even yes, the please. even the
1: Indian market, a
0: huge bunch of cilantro
1: is like fifty cents. Yeah. It's crazy. You you buy a a tenth of that for like a dollar at
0: a regular grocery store. Yeah, so I got to check out more. I I know there's um a small like Eastern European or like Polish supermarket in Derby that I want to check out. No, well, but we've also gone fun. to Dunya which is like uh, Turkish Middle, and Middle Eastern. Eastern stuff. Yeah, yeah. great we selection have there. Bought some harissa there and some pita there. So yeah, check out ethnic food stores. It's it's a great way to expose yourself to new ingredients and get hyped to cook global cuisine.
2: Very cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. We both yad at the same time. Yeah, Jeff, how about you?
1: i grouped a bunch of uh things together because as we were on this little hiatus my list became too large and i noticed that some of them were very similar so i've been talking myself into dad shit (laughs) (laughs) i've been waiting for
2: this because we've recorded several episodes today and i'm like he has not once talked about doing dad stuff
1: (laughs) yeah so um it's a bunch of little things so like becoming a father it's (laughs) life-changing
2: oh my gosh in case you haven't
1: noticed but (laughs) but there's a lot of little things that you know you might know but not really talk about so like
0: like the little things your baby does
1: the little things my baby does like squirt diarrhea in a liquid arc (laughs) (laughs)
0: um
1: no but like one of them like um i've never been one of these people that's like this is my side of the bed and I will always stay on this side, but my wife is kind of like that. She likes to be on one side of the bed, but we had, and you to typically just roll over on her and yeah, her in exactly and smother because I'm larger, <laughs> but like we had to put the bassinet on my side, which is like closer to the bathroom. It's easier for her. So like we had to switch sides. So that's one thing. And then it's just like you switch over to the different side of the bed and it's a little different. It takes some getting used to, right? But I'm not going to oh, talk yeah. about that in like one episode. So that's just one little thing. And then, like, dude, people tell you you don't get sleep when you're a parent. And let me tell you, my baby does not scream. She doesn't have colic. She's pretty good. But she's a child that needs to eat a certain amount every couple hours. So, like, you right. still have to get up, right? And, you know, my wife and I, we we switch duties. She does more than I do in the middle of the night because uh, she's a great mother. And um, But still, like, there's not much sleep. So power napping dude whenever that child is asleep in your home you go to sleep too (laughs) like i never used to be able to do that just like fall asleep when i have to but like my body's just like no you're gonna sleep right now until this baby cries um it's just i I feel like my brain is in a different world half the time like i go to work and i'm just like i'm not actually here am i (laughs) it doesn't feel (laughs) like you even exist because you're just so sleep deprived um, mm. And then I think just the last one I'll talk about, the big one, is dad poops, right? So, like, <laughs> usually when I go to the bathroom, I'm just like, all right, I got to get this out. Gotta, I'll take my time. I'll go on my phone. Just relax, you know. It's, it's private time. But now, can't do that. Like, if wife is sleeping and I'm watching baby and daddy's got to go, got to go to the bathroom. And a dad poop means that don't look at your phone. Get out as soon as possible and leave the door open. Just so yeah. you could, just so you could talk to the baby, so she could hear you, like, "Daddy's here for you, baby,"
0: but I gotta take care of my hiney <laughs> just like I take care of yours. So, funny aside, uh, Jeff, we're fans of the Howard Stern show. I don't think you follow it as regularly as I do lately. Not recently, but yeah, huge fan. Uh, but on a on a classic playback of an old segment. Um, Gary Delabate, producer, a.k.a. Baba Booey, Booey. was telling a story about dad poops, about how he was alone with his first son, who was like a toddler at that point. He had to poop. He left the door open. He heard a loud crash, followed by crying. So he jumped up and ran from the toilet with his pants down around his ankles. He was pulling them up without even having wiped. And he... A piece of duty fell off of him onto the (laughs) floor and he stepped in it and trailed it all over his home. Long story short, his child was fine, but that is the worst
1: possible outcome of a dad. I know. Luckily, she's still in the swing. Like she can't do anything. Um, But my brother, who has a two year old, told me recently he was uh, using the facilities and his son was just running around, but not doing anything. And then later on, uh, he was doing some laundry and he went to go empty the the dryer and there were cans of seltzer in his dryer. So his son was running back and forth from the kitchen, taking seltzer out of the refrigerator and throwing them (laughs) into the dryer for no reason. And he's like, yeah, the seltzer was fine. I drank all of them later. Cool. Uh, Andrew Jeffrey Kaufman, known by his stage name, Andy Kaufman. Big stretch there. It is a big stretch. Was a, I call him a comedian, call him a performance artist. Yeah. He's a, he was a performer. He was an entertainer. He was a funny man. Song and dance man. He did love song and dance. He was a huge fan of Elvis and he eventually did uh, an Elvis impersonation, which was very popular. Mm. Um. His most mainstream success was on the television show Taxi, which ran from the late 70s, early 80s -hmm. with Danny DeVito, Tony Danza, a bunch of other people you've seen that I can't remember their names. (laughs) Um, He was on early episodes of Saturday Night Live um, back when Saturday Night Live had less of a format. Um, Right. The last, you know, 35 years or so, it has a pretty uniform structure yeah exactly pretty uniform structure which is exactly what i was going to say dan um but back then it was a little more loose and he would do some weird stuff Um, they would also come on with like the muppets for no reason yeah well jim henson was a huge part of snl um before like he was really
2: i didn't know that
0: that's uh yeah um and so what jeff's alluding to is andy kaufman would come on and do like a weird skit
2: yeah i'm I'm somewhat familiar with those i've never seen them but
1: right and, and a lot of those that. are in the playlist which is in the show notes so we're going to get more in depth with all of that in the second half of this episode mm-hmm. but this half is just kind of introduce the audience and Jimmy um to Andy Kaufman um so i know that Jimmy you said that you're interested in this because you don't know anything about him except for like he's known for being this avant-garde comedian yes so what's crazy is like he was he was at the forefront of like this weird, like alternate comedy scene, if you want to call it. You know, there's like Tim and Eric. Yes, are like your generation, yeah. not mine because I'm older than no, <laughs> our generation. Like, like, oh, this is some weird out yeah. there comedy and stuff. But like to me, Andy Kaufman was a huge inspiration to people like them, and he would do stuff very subtly and not. Not even things that are funny, but he would just present things in a way that were awkward, that were controversial for the sake of controversy. And he wasn't afraid of people hating him. The one
2: I'm familiar with is uh, in the middle of his special, it just went to static. So people would uh, yeah,
1: that's a So people enough. would try
2: and tune their channel to uh to get it to work or something.
1: Right. And if you've seen the biopic Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey, a lot of his classics are in there like that, and him yeah. trying to explain to the executives why to do it because he had this <laughs> this special on TV. Um and he just thought it was funny. Like
2: Yeah. That's that's that, that is a, funny. That's the
1: kind of thing where when you're when you're on a stage in front of an audience, like as a comedian, I've never done this, but when you tell a joke, you know instantly whether it's funny and you nailed it, Mm. or it bombs. There's Mm. laughter. That's the response. Andy Kaufman didn't need that. He didn't want
0: that reaction. He was desiring confusion. I think he was eliciting some sort of an emotional response. Correct. Which laughter is one option, but hatred and vitriol is another. Right. Mm. He is, you know, he's the master troll, and he did it so well
1: and on such a... A large scale, yeah. That even today people aren't really sure of certain things. Um, the big one is whether he faked his own death. Yeah, um,
0: and we're going to get to that a little bit later. Yeah, I wanted to back read to a, conspiracy theories. I, I wanted to read a quote from Andy Kaufman about his method of entertaining. Um, at one point in a in a rare introspective interview, he said, "I am not a comic. I have never told a joke. The comedian's promise is that he will go out there and make you laugh with him." My only promise is that I will try to entertain you as best yes. as I can. Mm. And he, he did have a show at Carnegie hall where he was playing music.
1: He was doing weird stuff. Like there was a, a famous thing where he would like talk to his grandmother. And when he was at Carnegie hall, uh, his
0: grandmother was actually Robin Williams in a wig. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that Robin Williams was involved in that. um, And we should talk about a lot of his early work was consist was based around impressions and characters, sometimes strange. And he was spotted doing a foreign man character who was just, you know, spoke broken English and was confused Mm. about things. And that was the part that got adapted into the television show Taxi Driver. Oh, okay. As Latka. That was basically his foreign man character. Right.
1: And that was going back to SNL. There's there's a clip in the playlist where it's his performance on SNL and He's, he wasn't well-known back then. He was just a guy that got on Saturday Night Live, and he does the voice, and he's stumbling over his words, and he's confused, and he's missing stuff, and he looks like he's sweating. And this yeah. is live TV. So people in the audience, people at home think, this guy's bombing. yeah, And then he just like nails what he's doing. Mm-hmm. People die. He just built up this anticipation without even saying a word. And then just with his body language, Everything just clicked.
0: He also had a lot of long-term, long-running bits that went on through large portion of his careers. So, Jeff, what do you think of when you think of some of his long-running ideas? The, the
1: one that uh, hit me personally was the the wrestling um, mm-hmm. troll, which, which it was. Um, that's why we're going to watch I'm From Hollywood, which is a VHS. It was a movie that Andy Kaufman started to make, Prior to his death in 1984, they started making it in 1983 where he was compiling a lot of TV appearances and just raw video and stuff about um, what we'll talk about in a minute. And he passed in 1984 and his girlfriend at the time and another friend completed it in 1989 and released it on VHS. I bought this VHS in a grocery store in 1999 when they re-released it, probably like in with coincide the with man. Yeah. In. Cause it was like, he was coming back into like, Culture and it was a big thing. And, you know, around that time, the few movies I had on VHS were the original Star Wars trilogy and this. And every day <laughs> after school, I would come home and
0: watch one of those four tapes on repeat, mm. nonstop. So we should say, like, basically, he became enamored with the idea of eliciting a negative response from his yes. audience. So the way he did this was to turn himself into the ultimate wrestling heel or bad guy. <laughs> right. So he would only wrestle women. So he was oh, intergender champion. He
1: would he would egg women on to wrestle him on David Letterman's show just in
0: public, and um, some he, he portrayed himself as this Hollywood elitist, yeah. like thinks he's better than everyone. A lot of times he made fun of wrestling fans, called them hillbillies. And that gets like into that. the Jerry Lawler right.
1: stuff, but like the intergender stuff. So he would wrestle women on TV. And, you know, some of them were real, but some of them were planted or, you know, fakes to get this. And people just assumed that
0: this was just him doing his thing. Yeah. At this time, he was talking a lot about misogynistic ideals like this was during the women's lib movement and women were interested in proving that they were equal to men. Yeah. And he was like, you'll never be equal to us physically. And he would ask any woman to challenge him he's not like in peak physical shape no he's like (laughs) he's like like a doughy mid-30s
1: guy balding
0: yeah
1: um and he would go on uh david letterman's show a lot and it was a question for a long time whether david letterman was in on it or not and he started the feud with jerry lawler who people of our age know as just like this a host of like wwf raw but in the 70s,
0: he, he was, was a big the time King. wrestler, yeah. Jerry. So the King, they, they started
1: a feud and on David Letterman's show, uh, he suplexes him and breaks Andy Kaufman's neck. So he's walking around in public always. But again, with a neck brace on.
0: Did he break his neck? Oh. Was it planned? Was it fake? There's also a famous slap across the face that people can't tell if was real or not. And what I like about Andy Kaufman, and, and I'll get a little bit into his other long running bit that I loved, but. Um, we should say that he would never break. Ever. So nobody knows if Jerry the King Lawler was in on it, if David Letterman was in on it, if they really hated each other, if he was really beaten up. Yeah. It's left ambiguous. His mm. uh, collaborator and co-writer, Bob Zemuda, refuses to reveal the secrets. Yeah. Well, interestingly, sometimes he will reveal, but then other times he'll reveal the exact opposite. Uh-huh. Still to this day. Yeah. He still goes on about what ifs yeah um my thing that i turn to a lot about long running bits is tony clifton yeah Yeah, so tony clifton whether you choose to believe or not is a different person than andy kaufman (laughs) who is a lounge singer yeah who is very rude and crass towards the audience and basically is not that good of a lounge singer just a misogynistic Cigar yeah. smoking, overweight,
1: yeah, washed up has been like New York transplant to Florida. Yeah,
0: dirty okay. leisure suit wearing guy. mustache, aviator sunglasses, and he basically, if you hear him tell it, he didn't even like Andy Kaufman, mm. but for some reason we no one knows really why Andy owed him a favor, and he forced would, Tony Clifton into like good positions like tony clifton was given guest starring roles in taxi now what we've been told by films and other people is that tony clifton was andy kaufman it was an act oh however
1: and and for a while there was an evolution of the character which is in the playlist where like yeah it's obviously andy kaufman wearing like you know the leisure suit but then he starts wearing big glasses and a mustache and he starts getting weight he starts getting prosthetics so it got to the point where he wanted to prove so bad that it wasn't him that he had Bob Zemuda supposedly dress up like Andy Kaufman and they showed up in the same place at the same time. So people thought they were talking to Andy Kaufman as Tony Clifton and, and then, then Andy, Andy Kaufman, Kaufman walks up.
0: <laughs> this is weird. And to this day, uh, what, some 35 years after his death, Tony Clifton is still making appearances
1: places, which leads to the further confusion. Is this somebody playing Tony Clifton?
0: Is Andy alive? Yeah. And people have assumed that... Tony Clifton is now portrayed by Bob Zemuda, but Bob Zemuda denies all this. Oh,
2: this is weird. <laughs> this is going to get weird. Very weird. How and did Andy awesome. Kaufman uh, supposedly die? He had cancer. Oh, okay.
1: So he was actually, he died at 35, which is eerie because it's a year older than me. <laughs> and to me, he's just like this, uh, this monolith of a, of an entertainer. Yeah. He's such a hero. And he he was doing this stuff younger than me. Um, You know, he probably started in his early 20s, mid 20s when he rose to fame. Well, anti-fame. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what you want to call it. Um, Infamy. He's loved and hated. He is because he would do things like he took the entire theater out for milk and cookies. He he hired buses to pick people up and drive them to like After
0: a Carnegie Hall. Yeah, to like a, and a diner.
1: And he served them milk and cookies. He would
0: do these weird big things. And to juxtapose, he's also ended comedy shows early by forcing the reading of the Great Gatsby on people. He would just stop in the middle and read because the entire he, book.
1: He people would think that they were getting one thing. They would go to see Andy Kaufman perform and like, do the Mighty Mouse thing that he or did on Lotka. Yeah. yeah, because he was fame he was famous for Latka, the character yeah. on Taxi. And he would show up and like, I don't want to do it. He's like, let me do my own thing. Then he just stops
0: and he reads an entire book and doesn't stop or he does his entire set as a children's birthday performer and sings kids songs and plays acoustic guitar and never does any of his bits or characters that's awesome
1: and he's and the 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 best part about this is that all of his performances to me are like crying wolf because when he Mm. does this stuff and then he goes on an interview you never know what's real um there's a video of him going on David Letterman. He was, he was on Letterman quite a lot throughout his career. Um in the playlist where he shows up and he's not smiling. He's telling this story about how his his girl's leaving him and he's not doing well and people are laughing at him and he's he looks like he's insisting like, yeah, he's like, that
0: he's upset and that it's this, real. <laughs> this is real.
1: Why are you doing this to me? Um and you don't know. Like we can assume it's an act and it's I really think us. his
0: favorite reaction was that uncomfortable cringy laughter where people are laughing but they don't know if they should be.
1: Yeah, and yeah. especially in this video we're going to talk about that more. There's something that comes up that's very um what's the word? controversial foreshadowing oh, yeah. of his future. Uh. Um there's there's also yeah, it's I love the man. <laughs> he just he makes you think and he does things that people Still today, are too afraid to do right because t- he yeah. he didn't care about reputation. Um, he 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 wanted people to hate
0: him so that other people would laugh, and he just liked that he was getting. You know, if you have an audience of people on their feet screaming at you, mm-hmm. you're listening as much emotional response and giving them arguably as much entertainment as them sitting there laughing with you. Yeah, they're still engaged for that entire performance. That's true. That's true. So. Jim, I think you've mentioned you don't have a lot of exposure.
2: Yeah, I'm excited for this. This is gonna be this is gonna be a fun one.
0: So one, one, go into this just knowing
1: what we told you. Yeah, and also the the big thing before we go to the break is that he died in 1984, and people still today think that he may not have died. Um, mm. You will see that in a few times coming up in the playlist we put videos in there and some audio um, that might touch on this. Yeah, and
0: Bob Zamuda just recently wrote a book with uh, Andy's wife. Were they married? That, I believe they were,
1: yes. Or his girlfriend.
0: Um, The Truth Finally, I believe it's called. And guess oh, what? Boy. There's not really a lot of truth. <laughs> I'm sure.
1: But he keeps perpetrating like, yeah. I don't know, maybe he's alive and all. Andy he would lives. never break yeah. the joke. Exactly. He would never break the bit. Yeah. And maybe that's the ultimate punchline.
0: Yeah. So check out the playlist, and when we come back, we'll be spoiling, if that's possible, Andy Kaufman.
2: Andy Kaufman is a funny man, apparently. (laughs) Wow. We're going to talk about it. That's what we learned. Yeah, we learned that Andy Kaufman's a funny boy so uh Dan and Jeff gave me a playlist of a bunch of YouTube clips. obviously, these are all pre youtube they're from the late seventies, early eighties and uh, we watched them and so our first clip was um was it his first appearance on s n l or just uh, a random one of them it was
1: from November eighth nineteen seventy five <laughs> which is like a month after Saturday Night Live premiered. Oh wow, so it was still pretty early on,
2: yeah, that's crazy, so he started off um this was his foreign man foreign man character that you guys were talking about. Yeah. And uh, I thought the voice was great. Um and I like that the audience didn't quite get it. Uh, right. but, but they're still going along with it, because which is cool.
1: At this time SNL had like stand ups on. Yeah. Sometimes like in lieu of musical guests or with them. So I I'm really interested to know if even people at home, because it was live knew what was going on or knew that it was like a joke and he wasn't an actual stand
0: up. Yeah. It felt um super awkward, but still um like positive. It's it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. You can't help but smile at his enthusiasm of like this this confused sort of but good natured guy telling like a super mundane story and doing doing bad imitations. Um the other thing I thought of when we watched the foreign man stuff is it doesn't come off as problematic to me, even in this day and age, when you know we're more sensitive to like you know making fun of people with accents
2: and stuff. I think a lot of it is that it's such a generic foreign man, like it's not like anybody specifically. It's kind of like no, Robin Williams did the same thing. And there's too. no
0: stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, To me, that's it. Is he doesn't punch down, so he's never um, playing the foreign man character as stupid or bad. Or portraying mm-hmm. any like negative stereotypes, like you said, Jeff. He's just naive. He's just naive and innocent, yeah. which is sort yeah. of refreshing. He's just like this good-natured guy like, with a funny act. Like when he asked to stop the tapes, and at this time it's promoted as a live show. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody's excited, like,
1: wow, this is crazy that it's live and not pre-recorded. It's so good. And it's it's really funny. And then he starts crying because he messes
0: up. Yeah, and, the
2: crying and, is amazing. And
0: that turns into him playing on the congas. And which is so fun. Very fun. Because he never has to come out and be like, this is the gag or like bow at the end. You understand the joke because it turns into absurdity. So you're like, even if you went through that whole bit thinking that he was a real guy who was like just foreign and didn't understand what was going on. By the time his crying turns into a conga line, you're like, oh, this is a bit and it's funny. Yeah, it was super good.
2: The The payoff was amazing. I also love that he, he kept silence too, like. There was a lot of times where he was just silent and oh, the yeah. audience was just kind of like chuckling. Yeah, there's dead air. Not quite sure what was happening. And
0: even yeah. early on at this point, he was willing to break standard broadcasting uns- you know, unspoken norms. Yeah. Which leads perfectly into the next clip. Yeah, which, which gets is a little more awkward. Which is yeah. the biggest SNL ripoff of all time,
1: Fridays. Yeah, I didn't even hear about it. It was only this. on for like a season or yeah. two. This it clip launched from... some
0: big people, though. I mean, obviously you saw Andy Kaufman. You saw Michael Richards, who went yeah. on to play Kramer. And also Larry David, after he got fired from SNL, he worked on Friday.
2: Yep, yep, I saw that.
0: Yeah, this one's from
1: uh, 1981. So, Jim, why don't you lead with this? Like, have, Did you ever hear of this? Did you know anything I'd about I never heard.
2: Uh, I think you guys were talking about how, I think you guys might have mentioned something like this in the beginning. Um, but I didn't hear about this. I knew nothing about it. So, basically, it was Kaufman and Michael Richards and... Another actress, too. I don't remember who it was. Maybe two actresses.
0: Yes. Yeah. There were um, two couples on the, a date. Yeah, yeah. The concept of the sketch was a pretty like pedestrian and boring idea of these two couples on a double date. And throughout the dinner, they were, each of them was sneaking away to the bathroom to get high on marijuana.
2: Yeah, it was kind of weird how they were sort of introducing the the sketch as they were going along. But I think that had to do with the Kaufman bit. I'm not completely sure, but I think it added to it. Um But yeah, so basically it it appears that Kaufman doesn't remember his lines, I believe. And uh,
0: I don't remember exactly what he says is he didn't feel comfortable portraying someone who's high since he's not (laughs) like a marijuana smoker. Yeah. He said he felt dumb and felt dopey. Okay. But but it's live as well. Yeah. So you can't stop
1: the tapes. So this is when the other actors start to get upset at him because yeah. they're doing their jobs they've known the lines they've rehearsed them and here he is just like in the middle of a skit bombing and purposely yeah
2: yeah, yeah. and then uh michael richards grabs the cue cards and puts them right in front of annie kaufman and then uh i think somebody was pulling him away well he threw
0: a glass of water in yeah. his face oh
2: yeah that's and then,
0: right and then the whole crowd got pulled in and one of the women actresses starts to rub Food from the table into Andy's hair, and he gets mad. It, it was, and just they, they're yelling to stop show. the tapes, and you're yeah. wondering,
1: like, why aren't they just cutting the commercial because it's live? Yeah, it's
0: um, cl- because clearly it's a bit. But well, clearly, I mean, I, I don't know. I think there's some debate when
2: that, you have a person like Andy Kaufman involved in things like these. Yeah, I but, feel like but people. This is we're, new.
0: We're looking at this in retrospect. Yeah, he's never. I believe this is his first big like stunt. Where there's, Mm. to me, there's a question of who knows. It's not, is it real or it's fake? Because obviously he knew what was going on. Yes. The question is, who else knows? So the rumor is is that some people knew. And they get into it in the next video. We put
1: up the apology video from the next week. But even today, the rumor is that some people knew and some didn't. So some (laughs) actors, some producers knew that it was going to happen and some didn't because they wanted to elicit real reactions. And it was like an art piece. And then that's what they explain in the apology um, segment from the producer. And Andy comes out to start to apologize. And even then, he breaks. So then... This, this to me seems like scripted, like the producer knows, but it's still, you still don't know from the week
0: before yeah, yeah, yeah. what
1: actually was real and not. That's true.
0: And his take on the apology is so perfect. Like even in his admission, he actually casts further doubts on what's real yes. and what's, what's not real. Yeah. So in something that should be used to clarify, he actually deeper, deepens the confusion. Yeah. And whether it's real or not, it's still funny because it's so awkward and so cringeworthy.
2: Yeah, the whole, I'm not joking, you're laughing at this, it's pretty
1: tasteless.
0: Yeah, and he's like, what's what's wrong with you people? Yeah, It's so good.
2: Yeah, that was really good.
1: He and- goes on to do that and other things. I, I think I accidentally left it out of this playlist, but he goes on... Um, letterman it, it goes on letterman later yeah. when he talks about like he comes on and he's he doesn't smile at all and he's just talking about like how uh, he's having like problems with his spouse and mm-hmm. this is right maybe like a year before he died of cancer and on the air he's like coughing and stuff yeah and oh, really geez. bad so it was probably real coughs of him like being sick and the audience is laughing like <laughs> riotously that's dark
0: and and he's like why are you laughing this isn't funny well and that's the interesting thing is with him like he's so quick i feel like the coughing or like his initial reaction was probably real and then when he felt the audience laughing he rolled that into a bit yeah because i don't think he was really pissed off at the audience but he no, realized no, no. that that was a moment where he could take advantage of that uncomfortable laughter that right. he was So his, his whole appearance on that clip which i thought i had included but i
1: didn't was to just like be sad and see how the audience reacts the Mm -hmm. joke was
0: that Mm -hmm. that Um, makes sense then we get to something that even i wasn't familiar with i think this is on the album that you have that i don't i'm gonna i'm gonna move this to the end let's talk about this at the end of the youtube clips okay Okay. that makes sense Um,
1: so the next one is tony clifton his first TV appearance as Tony from 1977. Yeah. So Jimmy, we did tell you about Tony Clifton yes. in the first segment and this is the beginning and the next video is is um, More recent, a, a good comparison because it shows well it's two short videos but it shows the beginning of the character to who
0: the character be at became. the height of its uh, the height of Tony Clifton's power. So what did you okay. think about this, Jim?
2: No, I thought the Tony Clifton bit was pretty good. I thought the personality was really on point and um just i don't know the character i think is if you choose to believe it's a character um well the first one is definitely andy kaufman. kaufman i mean he doesn't yeah, have glasses absolutely. on no prosthetics nope. yeah. yeah you he's, can definitely tell that yeah it's he's him. just
1: playing a character yeah um but then the second one tony clifton tells a hilarious joke
2: yeah was that was interesting you could definitely see that uh because that actually showed Kaufman in the audience, right? But the
0: camera cuts to the audience. See, this wasn't yeah, live. This so was, that um, wasn't live. The Andy Kaufman. That's what I assumed. Yeah, yeah, but you know that this is Bob Zmuda, as a fan. Is it? Yeah, it's definitely Bob Zmuda. I could tell by the voice. Oh,
2: oh, really?
0: See, I I can't. I still can't tell because I don't yeah. know. So Bob Zmuda which one's as which. Kaufman? No, Bob Zmuda as Tony. Oh, okay, so that makes more sense. As, I call it Bob Tony, Bob Tony, <laughs> Andy Tony, and Bob Tony. That's and, nice. and this is Bob Tony but it's Tony Clifton at the height of his powers. He's, he's so combative with the audience. He's literally against participation. Like when people are like calling back answers, he gets mad and tries to drag the guy on the stage. But this also highlights what Dan said earlier
1: about like, he owes him a favor for some reason. In this introduction, yeah. Andy says that he's his protege, but like, <laughs> yeah. that's, there's no, yeah. explanation very strange. Who is yeah. Tony Clifton.
0: Like, how many stand up comedians do you know that bring weird, bad lounge singers <laughs> yeah. on stage? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I could see Eugene Merman doing something like that. Yeah. Well, not without <laughs> Andy Kaufman doing it first, though. That's yeah. Right. And, yep. and the other thing that I love about this clip is how they cut back to Andy. Like, Andy introduces him, but then they cut back at the end of the clip mm-hmm. to just awkward uncomfortable laughter from andy as the rest of the audience is like disinterested <laughs> he's just cracking up yeah. but I that's that's that, why yeah. I, i'm
1: pretty sure that it's he's not it's not laughing live because it cuts and he's just like going crazy
0: laughing uncontrollably at yeah. a bad joke
2: i don't know which is the joke it's it's very strange and very weird and i I kind of love it.
0: And it also ties into this mystery of is he laughing and does he bring Tony Clifton out because he legitimately likes him and thinks it's funny? Or is it this (laughs) background storyline of like he's forced to for some reason or another? Right? Is he like laughing because he's like, oh, I got to laugh for this guy. It's just it's just deepens the whole weird mystery. So then we get to uh,
2: Kaufman's appearance on the dating game. Yeah. Which I just think... The dating game itself is is such a good formula for hilarity. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he's actually on the actual dating game as this character, I think is amazing.
1: So the crazy thing about this, right, is Paul Rubens also did this. He went on as Pee Wee Herman when he was working out the character with the groundlings. Yeah, yeah. But at this point, this is from 1978. So Andy Coffin was on SNL in 1975 and Taxi was from 1978 to 82. Mm -hmm. So this is either at the beginning of Taxi or like right when it's starting. So he's not a total unknown right now. People
0: are aware of who he is, which I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is the other thing is if you do a little research, you find out that at this time, game shows, the dating game and some other game shows would actually use um stand-ups and likes you know starting out actors a- as themselves but they would use it to like put a little extra oomph into their cast so in other words you get a standup comedian who's naturally witty and sharp and yeah. fast to be on your game show yeah. and they just inject a little humor yeah well they had Andy Kaufman and he had no interest <laughs> in being like funny like yeah. oh, well I'll just use little quips to make this even better he just took over the entire segment
2: yeah it was amazing I, I just think that because was- he was using that same character that the foreign yeah um that- which
1: I I thought was great going back to what Dan said about his naivety mm-hmm. naivete yes yeah. um that's, yeah, that's, exactly that's the what he whole... does because he doesn't yeah so the the premise behind this was the host i don't know who it is some guy who looks like he could have been a mafioso's friend <laughs> um says that bachelor number three canceled they just pulled this guy off the street obviously so he's in on not it really... you know that yeah so so the show's in on it he's in on it but i but don't think... doesn't understand the concept of the game so when they ask him questions
0: he says i don't know what she looks like yeah <laughs> she... yeah that was so, so good i don't know about you guys it's it's not clear but to me it seems like the host and the producers, the people making the show know what Andy's going to do. But I don't think the other contestants. No, I don't think so. Or the female or the audience know what's happening. Correct. Yeah. And, um, I love towards the end was when his entire facial expression (laughs) changes. Like when he thinks, when he finds out he lost, like, (laughs) yeah, he's like, no, no, I won. I answered all the questions. Right. It's so good. (laughs) And he's just like, He just like stumbles over there awkwardly like, oh, come give her a hug and a kiss. He's like, I don't want to. (laughs) I've seen this before
1: many times. I don't want to say like, you know, 20 times. I've seen it a few times, but this had me crying. Yeah, I was laughing so loud at this. It's so good. It's probably
2: my favorite thing that we've watched on these, everything that we've watched.
0: And I like it because... A lot of people remember his negative stuff, like we're gonna get to the wrestling yes. and things like that and yeah and the combativeness. This is super lighthearted. It's yeah. super fun and like optimistic.
2: Especially and... on a show like The Dating Game, which yeah. is already like T V when T V was like super positive and all I, those games. I think he
0: and... really did have two sides of his personality that he wanted to explore. He wanted to be the hero and the villain. Yeah. And you see that in other things. Right. I mean, talking about
1: optimism, we go on to the last clip <laughs> right. the, the before we moved the friendly world. Andy Kaufman special from 1979. And it's just such a fun, happy spirited song. Yeah. In a bit. And it goes back to him playing children's songs. It goes back to him impersonating. Elvis That's exactly what I wrote he, down. He idolized Elvis and he like wanted to be like this guy mm. that everybody loved in this video. Jim was played at his funeral. Um, Oh, was it? In
0: Man on the Moon, they kind of showed that, too, Mm -hmm. the biopic. It it actually wasn't this video. It was filmed for his funeral. He filmed a sing-along to be played. Oh, it's it's a song. It was a song. Right, it was this song. It was literally him speaking to camera, and they did follow the bouncing ball at his funeral.
2: Oh, that's awesome.
0: And not to get too, I don't know, psychological with it, but to me... Like, I always wonder when I see this stuff, is this the real Andy? Mm. He chose to have this played at his funeral. It's like, this is the song and dance, man, like Jeff talked about, the childlike entertainer. Yeah. Um, Is this the way he wanted the world to remember him? I think so. It's just pure, unadulterated joy. He's not afraid of being corny or cliche or whatever he brings up all these people like his teacher all these people onto the stage and just leads them in an optimistic single yeah but even at a funeral which is you know
1: a sad the the saddest thing that you can see Mm -hmm. for the most part um he wants to go out with people laughing exactly that's all he wants he just wants people to be happy that's why I think this is the closest to the real
0: Andy that I we I think so, we too. See. And,
1: I mean, if, if you read more about his personal life or watch Man on the Moon, you see there's some darker stuff in his personal life. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say it's, like, evil
0: or anything like that. He just wants people to be happy. Um, yeah, and we all have different aspects of our personality. He wasn't afraid to show the darker sides and the lighter sides. Right. Mm.
1: And then going back to that clip, it's from... Um, I want those tapes. Yeah, so in 2013... Um, a record was released that I wasn't even on my radar. I saw it at our local record store and I bought it Mm because it's Andy Kaufman and I need it in my life. And he had recorded from it's called Andy Kaufman and his grandmother. Andy and his grandmother is the name of the album. Uh And this clip is called, I want those tapes because he bought a tape recorder in 1977 to 79, which at that time were expensive, Mm -hmm. but he was a famous TV star so he can afford it. And he recorded just conversations but he was also doing weird shit, too, on there. Like, he was recording songs that you could only listen to while you were asleep, which was a very funny bit. But I put this one on here because he was talking to his girlfriend at the time, and he had recorded her saying a bunch of stuff, talking about a bunch of stuff, and she's arguing with him, like, I want those tapes. I don't want any. to Oh, this was Lynn? I was wondering. And I don't know if it was her or another girl. Okay. At the time. I think it was a different girl because they bleep out her name. They don't say who it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... But then he's talking to somebody on the phone. It was either his lawyer or his friend.
0: I don't think it was Bob Zmuda. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that either. It didn't sound like Bob, but that was someone that he typically bounced these ideas off of. Right. And then um, he was saying like,
1: oh, if I release these, uh, she might kill me. And he's like, wouldn't that be great if if I got killed, but if I was more famous? And they were talking about faking his own death and how funny it would be. And listening to it. 30 years after he dies was chilling like it went mm-hmm. and this is the last track on the record so i'm listening i just sat down put on headphones put the record on listened to it side to side was laughing i was you know enjoying his comedy and this just like changed my mood at mm-hmm. the end because it's so ah uh, it's,
0: it's just creepy yeah it is yeah what'd you think of this jim i thought
2: it was interesting i was confused in the beginning because i didn't really have any context for it just it. throws you in yeah um But yeah, the the whole how he's basically explaining how he's going to fake his own death.
1: And come back as another person? Tony Clifton? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be great if she killed me?
2: (laughs) So so messed up. I don't know. It's really interesting to think about. Obviously, I think that he's obviously passed away a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's definitely fun to think about. Just the
0: fact, though, that he was able to sow that little seed of doubt where we're even talking about... For like, sure. Right, because I was with Jimmy
1: for a long time. I was like, he's dead. Like it would be it's so funny to think about him still being alive, just like living a secret life on an Arizona yeah. farm or ranch or something. Yeah. Um, but then he comes out with this and just changes everything. Yeah. And like the people who put this out, if he is alive, did he purposely hold this back until 2013? Until 29 <laughs> years after he died? Who knows?
2: I, I think that it, it it's it's just really funny for people to Think that he's going to be still alive while they should be mourning him. I th- I think that he just likes the idea of that.
1: Yeah, he just kept the joke running.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
1: And then moving on from the the lighthearted Andy that we were just talking about to the the, <laughs> the Andy ultimate that, heel. Yeah, might be a villain. Um, so we watched I'm from Hollywood, which is a a sh- short documentary about his wrestling career, his intergender championship. wrestling championship. <laughs> yeah. That's very difficult to find online. So we also put a playlist of, like, the raw material that this documentary um, was stitched together. Yeah. Um, So you can watch that. But we're just going to talk briefly about his
0: his wrestling wrestling saga. Because it
1: was several years of his life. It wasn't just like... it. It wasn't just like a month of time it, yeah it went pretty crazy he would he would put on these wrestling events because he always wanted to be a wrestler when he was growing up yeah, he loved this, the high drama of it and this is before wwf went crazy with it like this is before wrestlemania and before hulk hogan and before andre the giant before everything
0: it was still a more regional thing like he makes fun of a lot of the wrestlers and the fans calling was, them like hillbillies yeah it was stuff. very popular yeah. in
1: the south and he would wrestle women some sometimes they were real but a lot of times he would just have women come from the audience and wrestle him and he would beat them because you know he was big and strong which yeah. he really wasn't yeah um so he became the intergender championship and the the whole character was about misogyny yeah and, and this was i mean was I'm, a sh- creep. I'm sure that there were wrestling heels um, before him
0: oh yeah but, but he really became like the first big villain and because of his star status he was able to bring that character to a wider audience than wrestling it was typically. being televised
1: was like a lot of wrestling on wasn't televised night show on and stuff public tv yeah um even david letterman wasn't as big back then but he still was on cable yeah um and the the story goes that he was wrestling a woman and it was getting a little rough. And then Jerry Lawler, who we know as just like this moderator for WWF WCW, but he was, he was a popular wrestler back then. He Mm -hmm. was
0: one of their biggest stars at that time. Jerry, the King.
1: Yeah. He, he runs into the ring and starts beating up Andy. And it just started this years long feud, which kept going on and on. So uh, Jimmy, if you want to take it from here.
2: Yeah. So um, apparently uh, Jerry Lawler, said that andy was suing him uh i I think at the end of
0: that match he said he was going to sue him well there becomes all these weird layers not to interrupt you but yeah sure so um they have this initial fight and jerry lawler performs a pile driver yeah Uh, which supposedly broke Andy's neck. And then and he's never seen without a brace until it heals. Like even in public, he's always wearing a neck brace. And Andy comes out and says, listen, the whole thing was a bit, all this was a bit, Jerry knew it was a bit, but he went too far and he did the pile driver when he wasn't (laughs) supposed to. So now it's real. Yeah. And now I'm suing him. And then it just, it just keeps going. They're on Letterman. And and there's (laughs) doubts back and forth throughout this whole time of what's real. Um, Yeah. So uh,
2: I didn't, unfortunately i didn't get through a lot of this um i not a huge fan of wrestling so this kind of stuff just kind of fell off for me um i i I think i like the concept better than i like the actual execution what
1: what you really have to get from this if you don't want to watch all of the wrestling matches that are in the playlist or all of the tv bits because there's like there's a lot of just shit talking to the camera, you know. He's yeah. like, "I'm from Hollywood." <laughs> yeah. I love that necks? bit.
2: The the I'm from Hollywood stuff, which is so funny. I love the fact that he's acting so entitled. Uh Cuz he he, play, he so plays
1: funny. up the fame. He's just a guy from yeah, Long Island yeah. who was on a TV show, but he plays up like I'm famous. Yeah. He's a coastal elite. Yeah. <laughs> um what you really have to know is that this is just like a 3 or 4 year troll. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that that's what he did and there were even points, I don't know if you got to it, where he said that um you know, he got into another feud with Jimmy Hart, who was another big wrestler at the time. Mm. And then he said that he wanted to to team up with Jerry Lawler, put everything aside to beat Jimmy Hart in a tag team match. And then at the end of that, Jimmy Hart turns on Jerry Lawler. So you have these <laughs> double crosses, which I don't know. I'm not that into wrestling when I don't know when this became popular. But this is this seems to me like it could be one of the first big double crosses, which became a <laughs> staple of what made wrestling Uh, entertainment great from the 80s to 90s.
0: And there's also parts of this that made television history, like the slap on Letterman was a big deal when Jerry Lawler slaps him and knocks him out of the chair, and and Andy goes crazy, I'm suing Letterman, I'm suing... jerry lawler nobody to this day will say
1: what is real you know jerry lawler alludes that it was all in good fun and that they're great they were great
0: friends and he's a good
1: guy but But there's there's also reports of him
0: like being legitimately pissed off and maybe taking some of these bits further than they should have yeah right like andy accused him of being like a big dumb meathead and getting carried away with the bit and actually hurting andy so who knows it's somewhere in between probably yeah probably so Jimmy we've
1: prevent we've presented to you
0: yeah both sides of Andy Kaufman yeah well do you have any
2: overall thoughts overall I think his entire career I guess I would say is super interesting Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who had no idea who Kaufman was and uh, I was kind of explaining to him like how he would just basically do these bits in real life and just totally gaslight people and people would have no idea if it was real or not and he was like That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like uh, just people even just explaining Kaufman, I think is worth it. You know,
1: I think the most impressive part is that most of this and most of what we know and have seen or heard of Andy Kaufman is from a 10 year period. And we're talking about it 40, 50 years later. Mm hmm he's like the Beatles that's like too.
0: he did inspire a lot of the comedy that we see today oh for sure Jeff just referenced Eugene Merman yeah and if you um, when I was watching this uh, the old comedy our YouTube playlist
1: on my TV um, it kept going so I watched another bit thinking that Dan had added it to the playlist and I didn't know it Mm -hmm. and he was um, interviewing his ex-girlfriend Elaine uh, Boozler. (laughs) And it was like this talk show format, but his table was elevated on a platform like 15 feet high. (laughs) And then the camera pans out and she's sitting down looking up at him. I'm like, this is absurd. And that, is a clear inspiration of the Eric, Eric Andre show. show. Um, oh yeah. He inspired Tom green by doing like man on the street stuff. Yep. Like, he didn't necessarily go out on the streets and record people, but Tom green did that with his parents. He would do all this crazy stuff and they took mm-hmm. it to Sasha another Brown
0: level. Cohen. Exactly. You're talking about yeah. eliciting comedy from unknowing participants. Like that's a huge thing. Like, yeah, it's just, he was
2: absolutely a pioneer. It, it It's insane. The, the amount of stuff that he did and like what you said, a 10 year period.
0: Yeah. So I think the time has come to find out, Jeff, you want to join me on on this? I do. Jimmy, Jimmy did, did we, we talk, talk you, you into, into
1: Andy Kaufman? Kaufman?
2: Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. My name is Jimmy,
0: and in 2012, I won a male beauty competition, rapping Ice Ice Baby. My name is Dan, and I have known Jeff since he was 16 and Jimmy since he was born.
1: My name's Jeff, and I have gout. It's painful.
0: <laughs> Please remember to review us on iTunes. You can find us at www.talkmeinto.com. Email us at talkmeinto at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook at talkmeinto. Leave us ratings, reviews, shoot us a line, and we will read it on the show. Uh, Welcome back to Talk Me Into. This time each week, we like to take a moment to talk about what we're talking ourselves into. This could be anything, just something little that we're into right now and probably don't think that either of the other guys are ever going to have a chance to like. So so this week, I've been talking myself into Burt's Bees products. Uh, Hmm. Being that it's the winter here in New England, things get very cold and dry and chapped, and I find that Burt's Bees is just a luxurious item that you can rub on your lips and your hands and your feet, and it's just soothing.
1: So have have you been a, a Burt's Bees guy
0: since Burt was the, uh, the bee man, the beekeeper? So ironically, I watched the Burt's Bees documentary, and I enjoyed it, but I wasn't really into his products. Mm. And then lately, I've just noticed that I've just been a dry boy. So I picked up the hand lotion first, And I like that. And then I went to the Mm. chapstick. Now I got the foot cream. I'm living that Burt's Bees life horde. I'm
1: I'm not a chapstick guy. I can't do it. Even when my lips are in excruciating pain, I don't like the feeling of
0: uh, my lips being coated. That's exactly how I am right now, too. Well, I'm going to recommend that the two of you stick hard to that feeling because once you... That's how I was. And then once I took a step off the edge of that cliff, you become a chapstick guy. And now I'm reapplying. No, no, there's no going back. I'm reapplying multiple, multiple times an hour i am on the verge of tears when i leave home without my chapstick it's it's a tough tough nut to crack
1: oh it's, it's the same thing with my wife she'll like she'll go to bed and coat her entire face with vaseline i'm like that's
0: not that's beyond your lip border so let me There's, ask you this when she doesn't put the chapstick on are you like ooh, romance time that's what
1: you have to do you have to sneak in there in between coatings there you, so go. you can get some lip on lip contact
2: Mm. Jimmy, what are you talking yourself into this week? Uh, right now, I'm talking myself into uh, Tinder. Uh, oh. Right now, it's uh, it's not going very well, <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to talk myself into that, trying to get myself out there, trying to meet some fine ladies, and uh, it's not working so well. You've had a little bit of success with this in the past, haven't you? A little bit. Um, I, I dated one girl for about a month, maybe a month or two, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's not working out so well. Yeah. Not, not so as does it swipes?
1: hurt more when they swipe left in real life?
2: Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Been oh, there. That's a shame. Oh, boy. Just All right. So keep Jeff. up the good work. Oh, thank you. So, Jeff, what are you talking yourself into?
1: I'm talking myself into wearing funnier socks, which mm. I've just discovered is a thing. It's it's always been a thing. But uh, like novelty socks, little printings. Yeah. I, I got a pair of socks for Christmas, and it had Aliens tacos and avocados on them and i don't know why those three things need to be on one pair of socks oh they're not a three pack
0: those are all on one
1: pair of socks one one sock one (laughs) pair of socks had aliens tacos and avocados and i was trying Mm. to think of a pun but i couldn't i couldn't think of why those three things needed to be together the tacos and avocados clear connection Mm. uh the the aliens not so clear (laughs) is it a you Roswell thing is it I don't know an illegal alien thing it could be anything but uh I'm really into it it's just and they just peek out the bottom of my pants just a little bit I don't think anybody ever notices them but I know they're there it's like if if women wear sexy lingerie to the club they know it's there yeah nobody else needs to know but them
0: that's true you, you've inspired me to step my sock game up though i actually i had a pair of edgar Allan polka dots which oh. are just oh little pictures of edgar Allan poe's face on socks and the money went to some charity to support libraries or something nice but i recently just picked up a pair of neon green socks with pineapples and i like them they're fun Nice.
1: Yeah, right now I'm wearing a pair of black socks with white ghosts on them, which is very appropriate for mid-January. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Adorable. (laughs) All right, when we come back, we're going to be talking about our main segment, which for this week is about this podcast. Welcome back to Talk Me Into... Uh, We want to just tell you a little bit about ourselves Why we decided to start the show So my name's Dan Uh, I am 31 years young I live in Connecticut And uh, I'm friends with My best friend Jeff Hi (laughs) And I'm also good friends with Jimmy who happens to be my cousin It's adorable Yeah. And uh, like I said in my random fact uh, I've known Jimmy since he was born I've been trying to inspire him in the ways of Pop culture (laughs) Yeah, uh, we're big fans of movies and nerdy crap and stuff like that. So, um, and and me and Jeff as well, and it just always seemed like we were always like saying like, "Oh, have you checked out this show? Oh, you gotta watch it! You gotta watch it!"
2: Yeah, that makes sense. So, I guess I'll I'll talk a little bit about myself. My name is Jimmy. I am 24 years old, and uh, like Dan said, we are cousins. And because of that, him and Jeff being super close, I've always known Jeff. Probably, how long have I known you now, Jeff? Like, well over a Uh, decade. More
1: more than half of your life. Probably. You're in my my phone as Cousin Jimmy, so (laughs) you're pretty much my cousin.
2: I'm basically your cousin. So, um, I've always been into, like, production stuff. Like, I've always done videos. I've done video blocks since I was way too young to do videos i was like 14 years old and it's super embarrassing
0: yeah you're the only one of us that actually has training in any of this stuff or education
2: yeah i went to school for media production and uh, i work in tv broadcast industry right now um and uh so yeah i always like doing podcasts videos and stuff like that so here we are i'm the production guy and Jeff and so
1: to, to round out this holy trifecta of the Love Connection reboot. Yes, uh, my name is Jeff. I'm 33 years young. <laughs> Still have gout. It's not working out great so far. My 30s are off to a, a rough start. You're roaring but, out of the uh, gate
0: on a set of crutches.
1: So, in case you guys didn't know, I've known Jimmy for a long time.
0: <laughs>
1: I've, I met him through Dan, who I've known for longer. Uh, we've been BFFs for quite a while. I was we've a fresh fourteen-year-old. We've high-fived many times. We've <laughs> had a lot of food together. We had a podcast and, uh, together
0: that not a lot of we people a, liked.
1: We had a podcast for several years. Eleven years ago, we had an internet radio show, oof, <laughs> which was heard by singles of people.
0: Yeah, you, literally, we could count them on two hands. I was on it when I was like twelve years old yeah that was one of the greatest uh, guest calls and we ever call-ins we ever had my cousin Jimmy before puberty and he's like hey guys I like spider-man
1: yeah it was live and we were talking about spider-man and how he had a spotlight belt and Jimmy called in like
0: it's actually real
1: he does have a spotlight in his belt yeah and we're like we're swearing and talking about bad things you should be in bed
2: yeah I learned a lot of things on that
0: show <laughs>
1: Maybe that's why Tinder's not working out for you.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, with this show, like we had talked about, it seemed like there was many times in our lives where one of us would be like imploring the other ones to like what we liked. I remember Jeff like cornering me and being like, why aren't you watching Battlestar Galactica? It's so good. You're dumb for not watching this. And
1: 15 years later, we had to create a podcast just so (laughs) you'll try it. Yeah, that
0: might be happening. But also like several times. You know, since Jimmy was a child, I'd be like, Hey, you're gonna watch Back to the Future now and you're gonna like it. And the first one I ever watched is part three because you were watching like the trilogy
2: by yourself. Yeah. And they're like, Wanna watch Back to the Future with me? I'm like, sure and then it's like, I'm watching part
0: three. I was like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, but there's been many times like when we've pulled off the three of us, some yeah, some pretty epic uh movie marathons. We did Lord of the Rings all in mm-hmm. one day, the extended Yeah. Yep. We did all the Star Wars in one day. Before 7. And yeah. When they off. came out on Blu-ray. Yeah. So, yeah, we just Just wait
1: of, until we get to all of Young and the Restless in one day. Oof,
0: <laughs> that's going to be a rough day. I might start drinking. <laughs> but, yeah, we decided, like we're always trying to talk each other into this and we don't have any like skin in the game to make us like watch or listen to or read the things that we're describing. Mm. So maybe if we had a podcast, I could force you to watch or listen to or read what I wanted you to. Mm. I think uh, a good thing to talk about is what's one of the first
2: things like we talked each other into. I can remember specifically you and Jeff talking me into Homestar Runner back oh, yeah. in like 2009
1: man that goes way back yeah man 2009 Homestar was already dead Yeah, I know. <laughs> we were, we, yeah, we were we like, late to the game on that one
0: we were like hey small child you should watch this internet cartoon <laughs> that was funny a while ago yeah but um yeah so i think we have a few things coming up like that but um earlier in the show in the first segment we did uh We're going to try each week to give like a little random fact about ourselves. Mm -hmm. That way, you know, no one wants to hear us talk about ourselves. That's what this episode is for. People are probably skimming right through this. Yeah, probably. But I thought, you know, I'll give a funny little anecdote. And then um, we're also going to talk about sort of something like currently that we're into that... Probably isn't a big enough deal to make a whole episode about like i'm not i could talk for 45 minutes about socks okay (laughs) i I mean that is a good one but i don't (laughs) think i can try to convince you guys to get into burt's bees no probably not and i don't see tinder in my future either (laughs) you're not missing much i guarantee you that but so yeah um I think when we come back, we're going to talk about what we're really going to be talking each other into for the next episode, which is going to be like the first real episode. Does Uh, that sound cool with you guys? Sounds good with me.
1: I'm forced to do this. Welcome back to Talk Me Into. I hope that you as a listener have grown to know us a little bit and you trust us with your time and maybe we can talk you into things that we like and this is just our introduction episode we're not trying to talk anybody into anything now but next episode jimmy and i are going to be talking dan into doctor who
2: oh boy i I am so excited for this i have been
1: waiting for this moment for my entire adult life (laughs) In fact, after we record this Doctor Who episode, I think I'll just quit this podcast and leave and never do anything with it again. I just I just want
0: Dan to like what I like. I'm That's open it. to it. That's all I want. I'm open to it. So what exactly are you gonna be making me and the listeners watch?
1: well we'll get into it next week but the very brief answer is we're going to start from the 2005 reboot so we're going to talk you into the first season from 2005 which is 12 episodes and the 2005 christmas episode which is in this case pretty much the season finale
0: okay and is that available on amazon prime i believe i saw for streaming
1: yes it is available on amazon prime i believe that's the only streaming source in the u.s it's on now it was on netflix at one point which uh we'll talk about in next episode and i think it was on hulu at one point but amazon prime does have a pretty good chunk of the current run cool and new
0: episodes are airing on bbc america uh in a year and a half oh they're (laughs) over right now okay um, yeah, so one other thing I wanted to go over before we close up shop is I want to give a huge shout-out and a big thank you to Twitter user Wiki Rascals. This dude has provided us with all of our logo and graphic design work, and he did it in a timely manner, did an awesome job. He was great to deal with, and I highly recommend him for all your future graphic design needs. He has done a lot of artwork for other podcasts that I'm a fan of, I contacted, and like I said, it was just an awesome experience. And I also want to thank Seamar, the lead singer of a band called Hostage Com, for providing us with music that we used for our theme song. Uh, Hostage.com is a local band to us from Connecticut that we were all fans of. And again, I just sent him a message and he responded, uh, giving us permission to use the song. It is a selection of the introduction of the song Where the Waters Call Home from their self-titled album Hostage.com from 2010. So check out Hostage.com. Unfortunately, they're broken up, but still a good listen. Uh, Jimmy, do you want to tell people... Where they can find us online. Yeah, sure. You can find us, uh, talk me
2: into on Facebook and uh, at talk me into on Twitter. And if you feel so inclined, you can also send us an email at talkmeinto at gmail.com. And of course, you can find the actual podcast at talkmeinto.com.
0: And Jeff, where can they find you online?
1: Uh, They can find me on Instagram at Large Hard-On Collider. It's like Hadron Collider, but the R and the D are switched. Uh, Twitter, you can find me at Jeff27. That's Jeff with five Fs. There's a lot of Doctor Who stuff and Animorphs retweets. So if you're into that, follow me, please.
2: And you can follow me at Son of a Fitch, where I tweet at Jeff about Doctor Who. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Son of a Fitch, S O N N A V A F I T C H,
0: spelled that way on uh, both of those sites. And I'm Dan. You could find me on Twitter at Danny underscore Breakdown. And you could read my film reviews on Letterboxd at Danny underscore Breakdown. Um, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We're going to have new episodes coming out all the time. And thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You understand? (laughs) Thank you very much.